you go from COP1, the first one in Rio, some 26 years ago, indigenous voices have been there and have spoken, but that's one of the voices that hasn't been heard clearly in these big forums. And we've echoed all the things that we wanted to In our country here, we're looking at all the issues around mining and fracking and uh, the ways in which our waters are being poisoned, as well as the, the flow of waters, um, either in New South Wales or in other parts of the country. We've been at the forefront of all of these kind of things for ages. It's nothing new for us. The residual results of Terra Nullius and the wide Australia policy, we're still living out those, uh, those kind of uh, concepts in our present day. We've got a long, long journey ahead of us, a long struggle. We've done our, our analysis of, of our issues. We've put them out there uh, in terms of the priorities that we want to put in there. We want, we want, we want to see the you know, uh, cut in carbon dioxide. We want to see a, a commitment to re- renewables in this country. We want to be a part of that. that. That's a really important thing for us to come to grips with is that the old economy that put all of us on the dole and uh, gave us basic cards, we don't want to be a part of that, that old economy. Uh, so we've got to have a look at what, what's available and the opportunities that are available in the new economy that's coming up, where they're, you know, where they're going to get rid of, uh, hopefully, coal mining and all these other kinds of things that are destroying our country and come in with other kinds of renewables. One of the things I've been saying here at this particular conference is this. We've looked after country for the past 60,000 years. We've kept it in very, very good condition. Our waters have been pure. Our forests, our lands, our animals have never gone hungry, nor have we. Our ocean waters have been pristine and looked after us. Everything has been kept in that particular pristine condition. Yet, 225 years later, we're in this predicament. Now, we Indigenous peoples are at the forefront of all of this climate change stuff. As as I've just mentioned before, all that suffering and... uh, we now have scientific proof, uh, medical proof, that climate change and our illnesses are connected. You've got a sick country, you've got a sick people. You've got a sick people, you've got a sick country. And so we've got to make sure that we're a part of the new future. We've got to, we've got to make sure that we put our agendas uh, on, on the table. And they got to ha- they're going to have to start listening to it. And I know that this government not listening. One of the things that really, really annoyed me the most when I walked into COP here to see the Australian Pavilion, which they funded, is that the, the, the pavilion is, is propped up. This is the Australian government's pavilion where you know, they're telling the world what they're doing about climate change. It's all propped up by mining companies. Can you believe that? I'm still trying to get my head around it. It's just so hypocritical that this government would pay to bring these all of these companies. You know, you've got uh, Twiggy Forest and all these characters walking around here treating this flaming place like a, like it's a trade fair. And they're the Aboriginal voice, we've got no place to go. We had to pay our own way to get over here. We're the ones who are suffering the most in climate change. Not only our, our Indigenous peoples here, but around the globe. And they all say, you've got to talk to the blackfellas, you've got to talk to the Aboriginal people. Well, I haven't seen any government come and talk to me. But then again, I probably wouldn't want to talk to them anyways, because I know that they're not listening. Because we've always had a voice here in this country. It's always been there. We haven't been silent, whether it's been on the streets or in phone calls or in letters or in Parliament. 
we've always had a voice. They know that we're here, but they just don't want to listen. It's that listening part that's hard to get through. All that mining stuff comes out of our country, out of our land. We don't have a treaty. That's first and foremost. Secondly, we don't have a voice. And that means a voice in Parliament. Uh, that is our voice, uh, not something that is manufactured by the government. And the third thing is, you know, we, we need to be truth-tellers in this country. They're the three things from the statement from the heart. Voice, truth, treaty. You can't get away from those three things. Whichever way, one, way you want to play it, whether it be a treaty first or a voice first or, or a truth, it doesn't matter to me. Just get one of them going and get it going to, as soon as possible so that we can get uh, some kind of traction in terms of what we want to see into the future. We're way beyond, you know, we've passed the, the starting line. We're so far behind every other nation on this planet that it's just not humorous anymore. And it's not funny, it's just shocking how far behind we are. And so we need the collective effort of good-hearted, thinking Australians who will support Aboriginal people to achieve that. We do need a voice. We just need a good, strong Aboriginal voice to actually say, hang on a sec. The problem we have is we don't have the veto powers to stop these things at the community level. And two, we don't have the Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous People says, you know, the things about prior consent. We don't have those that consensual process in place here. So free, prior and informed consent is a part of a traditional owner's rights. For me, this climate change stuff is a human rights issue. It's, it's, you know, it's just not only our Indigenous peoples, but it's a human rights issue. That means we have to look at the UN and other countries to help support our, our endeavours. COP27, uh, the next one is in Egypt. And I think I would, you know, there's only four of us over here. We've all had our own, had to try to find our own ways to get across here, as compared to the government who funded all the mining companies to get over here. We need to get our voices heard in these places. And so I'm, I'd encourage all of our people to come over to Egypt next year and uh, voice our concerns. That's the only way we're going to do it. We're going to have to just start jumping up and down in, in other people's countries there and try to embarrass our own government as to what, the things that we want to see them do. And uh, one of the thoughts that I had here, and I proposed to, to some of our mob there, is maybe we should go into COP27 Egypt and set up a tent embassy there so that we've got some kind of recognition of uh, our sovereignty because that's the only way we're going to do that. I know I've been wandering around in this big, big thing here. We've got no sort of place that we can come to. I can't go to the Australian government's pavilion because it's, it just makes me angry. And so I've got to find a place where I can just feel at peace with myself. And um, if I bring my people over into this kind of, kind of situation too, anybody, you know, they're going to feel the same thing. But we need a place where we can come together as a, as a, as a collective and, and voice, our, voice our concerns as loud as we can.